never say die! Hello everybody and welcome to episode 238 of 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh, and unbeknownst to Speed Racer, I'm actually his long-lost older brother, Rex Racer. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <gasps> oh. 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 <laughs> There's a lot of gasping in this. I think the, I think the, everybody in this show is actually asthmatic. Oh. 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 <laughs> Speed. <laughs> yeah, so this week we are watching Speed Racer, the original 1968 version, 1967 version. Um... I actually didn't, it never even occurred to me that it was that old. Up against the 2008, yeah, 2008 uh, movie remake. So that is what we're doing. Vroom, vroom. Yeah. That's all I got. Speed <laughs> Racer. Loved by, it started all sorts of people. Literally three people. Yes. If you like literally three people, because these guys aren't giving me anything. Uh, you like not getting like, anything. <laughs> you might like the shows on the Podcast Collective, such as On the Block, right. Joel's Own, The Sunshine and Happy Pants Hour, The Internet with Scott the Pool Boy, oh. Tales from the Hard Side, and of course, The Rad Dad Radio Hour. What the hell are you doing? Someone stop him. What is that? <laughs> I feel so good, man. Chuck Mangione's on the Rad Dad Radio Hour? <laughs> He's a special guest host. <laughs> no. So, if you're looking for some of our older stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, Noon FM, Geek Life Radio, 12 noon on Saturdays, you will hear our show being broadcast. And 708, now wrap, 708. 669-9727. Yes, that is the number to call if you'd like to leave us a voicemail. So please do that. Because we have none. Yes. No, no, we actually don't have any this week. No one loves us. Well, we knew that. Well, it's nice to have it confirmed. No, it's not. Fucking oh. <laughs> I don't recognize the difference in feelings anymore. They all feel like pain. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did we wind up here? I don't know. Hey, you're the one that had me, you know, on a podcast, so you should never be surprised when it gets there. Oh, oh, oh! Good God! All right, it is about that time. <laughs> this week in music, movies, and TV. And sports. <laughs> Oh! Oh! Ooh! <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, back of the throat, Mike. Oh! <laughs> oh! Oh, so, uh, this week we're going with September 23rd, 1967, the year the first pilot of Speed Racer aired and changed the world as we know it. Oh! <gasps> <laughs> oh! So, uh, music. The number one song in the land was The Letter by the Box Tops. That's a great song. Yeah. I do. A lot of people don't understand that's the name of the song. They know the song itself, but they don't understand 
this. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those where I have to work out which song it is every time I hear the title. Mm-hmm. Much better by Joe Cocker, though, I think. Or an aeroplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. That song. Yeah. Kind of makes oh. me wonder. What? Well, he could have gone with Give Me a Ticket, but then we would have been like, oh, yeah, that song about the letter. <laughs> or we that's just call it My title. Baby Wrote Me a Letter. Yeah, that's true. Everybody yes. would know. So, uh, yeah, the youngest of 11 children, Ricardo Ricky Bell, was born in Boston, Massachusetts on September 18th, a singer best known as one of the founding members of R&B pop group New Edition and the lead singer of Belle Biv DeVoe. He is still touring with Belle Biv DeVoe, and they recently released their first album in 15 years called Three Stripes. Good for never, trust a, never trust a big butt and a smile. Poison! <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started on that again. That's one of my favorite like pop lyrics of all time. Uh, I love that song. Yeah, it's a great song. Every time Poison, Poison's one of those songs. Every time it comes on, it puts me in a good mood. Oh yeah. Note to self. That and Sweet Child of Mine are like two. Like I can't be in a bad mood for those Ooh, songs. You lost me there. What? I like that song. I like it, but it's not like my. Oh, I'm in a crappy mood. I'm gonna listen to Guns N' Roses. Oh. Oh, oh, sweet child of mine. Poison. <laughs> no. My I'm in a bad mood and need to get in a happy mood is um, Mr. Blue Skies. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. That's a, that's one of my, like, on the commute. That's a very good, yeah, that does always put me in a good mood. ELO in general can always just throw you in a good mood. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is a fun shit, ELO. They had a good I time. don't know, MacArthur Park. This. <laughs> <laughs> one of the dumbest songs ever. Like You're just mad because you left a kick out in the rain. <laughs> and I don't have the recipe. <laughs> we do this bit every time someone mentions that goddamn song. That's but in in I'm not I, there is no defense of that song. I mean I can't believe how high did that one even get on the uh, on the charts? Too too high. Whatever it was, it was too fucking high. Okay, here's the defense. Without that song, we would not never have gotten the Jurassic Park song by Weird Al. True, but what a price to pay. <laughs> yeah, I think that might be too high of a price. All right. <clears throat> so moving on, because Pat specifically put this in here just for me. Yes. Matthew and Gunnar Nelson, twin sons of pop music and television star Ricky Nelson, and one hit wonders known for their song Love and Affection, pardon me, I almost messed it up, were born on September 19th. And let me just say, that entire album is solid. I don't really know anything off that album other than Love and Affection, but that is one of my favorite one-hit wonder songs. It is literally an album I listen to <laughs> a lot as a child. Love and Affection is a great song. It really is. After the Rain is a good song, plus the name of the album. Don't know it. <gasps> you know it if you heard it. If it was a hit, he would have known it. Right. Because Pat only takes And if hits. there is a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check Who out the it? hook while the DJ revolves it. Wait, no. that's, that's, that's what? I kind of want to hear uh, Belle Biv DeVoe cover um, MacArthur Park. Sweet Child, Sweet Child of Mine. No, not <laughs> MacArthur Park, damn it. <laughs> I want to hear them do Sweet Child of Mine. What the hell? Okay, I just looked this up. It hit 51 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for the year, 1960. MacArthur Park? Yeah. Ugh. It hit number one in Australia and Canada. Winchester Cathedral is so much better than MacArthur Park. <laughs> oh, hands down. <laughs> Why were there no lyrics to that? There, oh, wait, were. there was. There was. Yeah. I corrected myself. Winchester Cathedral, you're bringing me down. See? Poison! 
<laughs> when MacArthur Park came on the radio once, and the girl's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, yeah, this is a terrible song. Listen to the lyrics. And they listen. They're like, what is going on? I'm like, do you want the part that's really going to blow your mind? This is being sung by Dumbledore. Yep. I'm like, what? <laughs> Never trust a wet cake and a smile. <laughs> on that note, born Audrey Faith Perry in Ridgeland, Mississippi on September 21st, Faith Hill is a multiple award-winning American country pop singer known for her voice, her looks, and her lasting marriage to Tim McGraw, a.k.a. The Hat. Is that really what they call him? I, I've never heard that nickname for him. That's my nickname for him. Oh, okay, that explains it. Because he always wears a hat. Just a random uh, piece of trivia, Tim McGraw is the son of former Major League Baseball pitcher Tug McGraw. There you go. You did something you didn't know. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, Tyler Stewart, the drummer of Bare Naked Ladies, was also born on September 21st. And to round it out, Richard Shannon Hoon, lead singer of Blind Melon, was born on September 26th. He was absorbed at one point. Yes. Not a lot of death in this one. That's why I, I, I was going to wait and see who, who was the first one. There's no death in the tweet this week. Oh. I well, that's because last week it was nothing but death. Well, I, I got you know, I got to bring balance. Death or cake? <laughs> All right, Thanos. <laughs> oh. No spoilers. No spoilers. Shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Moving on to movies. Movies. <laughs> <laughs> the top movie in the land was Bonnie and Clyde. Good movie. Yes. Yeah. It sensationalized uh, them to the point where they are now seen as like you know, real Hulk life heroes. Scarface type uh, villains when they were really not that effective i mean they did they were more like mickey and maud than like the the <laughs> criminal masterminds you know they were bud court not mickey and maud damn it <laughs> like mickey the Harold and maud mickey and mallory no mickey and maud was, was the a movie with dudley moore oh. mickey and minnie <laughs> <laughs> put up your hands they were like oh. mickey and sylvia Lisa Ray McCoy was born on September 23rd. Best known for portraying Diana Diamond Armstrong in The Players Club, she was also on All of Us and Single Ladies. She is also the ex-wife of Michael Misick, the first ever premiere of the Turks and Caicos Islands. Huh. Yeah. I had no idea who she was, but that last fact was too interesting not to include. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Like a reality TV show star is married to like a... A national leader. It's kind of like, sadly, our modern day version of uh, of uh, Princess Grace Kelly. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like that, that's how that's how much our society has degraded. Like our equivalent of of Grace Kelly getting married to the Prince of Monaco is uh, some reality TV star marrying some guy who's the premier of this newly found nation that nobody's heard of. The only reason I know of Turks and Caicos is because there's a World Poker Tour stop there. Ah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Ah. Oh. Oh. Mira Servino was born on September 28th. She's known for many movies, including Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, Mighty Aphrodite, and Mimic, among others. Yay, Mira Servino. Yeah, I think she's cute. Yep. I like Mimic. Do you remember who went with us... We, we 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 took Jay to go see Mimic, and halfway through the movie, he leans over and he goes, "When are they gonna go into space?" Because it was out the <laughs> same. That, it was out. Wasn't of the that uh, wasn't that Makui? Maybe no, no, that was Jay. He said, "Was he, it Jay?" Yeah, because okay. he was sitting there and he thought we were watching Starship Troopers. 
<laughs> he's like, and all There's he knew, bugs. what movie are you going to see? Oh, the movie with the big bugs in it. And halfway through it, he's like, I have no idea what's going on. But Which sums up Jay. If I had a dime for every time I didn't know what was going on, I'd be like, hey, why is everybody giving me all these dimes? I'd have made a buck fifty in the last oh, ten man. minutes. <laughs> all right, so TV. The top shows in the land were The Andy Griffith Show, The Lucy Show, Gomer Pyle, USMC, and Gunsmoke. Yeah, all makes sense right there. You know what? I've never seen an episode of Gunsmoke. It's a good show. I've heard. I've seen some because my father watched it. Yeah, I've heard it's good. I just, I mean, I've always wanted to watch it, but never popped up high enough on my radar for me to dig it out. It, it's it's kind of dated, but I mean, it's not it's not bad. If you like, uh, it's like a um, manlier version of Little House on the Prairie. Well, that could be pretty much anything, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tara Ann Cassandra Fitzgerald. Born September 18th as an English actress who has appeared in feature films, television, radio, and stage. A veteran of more than 20 television programs. Oh, I'm sorry, that's an English, British, English, so programs. Because it's, it's she's definitely English. So. Yeah, and miniseries. Fitzgerald has portrayed Victorian heroines and modern police detectives. She's appeared in The Black Candle, The Chamomile Lawn, The Vax... Vaciliations? I almost said vaccinations. <laughs> Vaciliations of Poppy Carew. Frenchman's Creek, The Virgin Queen, and Waking the Dead. The most I had to include all those because they sound like totally made-up names. Yeah. Like, I, just, I just imagine, like, you know, like in, in Bob's Burgers, they're listing off a bunch of movies, and those would be the names of the movies. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, the most of us would know her from Game of Thrones, where she played Celise Florent Baratheon, queen wife of Stannis Baratheon. So there Poison. All right. <laughs> We're on fire! So, Kristen Johnson, American actress and model, was born September 19th. She has been in several sitcoms, her most well-known being the very late showing up acronym of the week, which is 3RFTS. Of course, that's three rim jobs from the Spaniard. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the estomato. When when the Spaniard licks thrice, you will betray me. (laughs) Ew. I hope it only gets to yeah, two. That went that went to a weird place. <laughs> Just a little slip of the tongue there. The gypsy lady, ah! the gypsy lady was right. I s- <laughs> <laughs> no, that is uh, that is Third Rock from the Sun. Yes, I love and that. Thank show. you, Third Rock from the Sun, for bringing us Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, and for keeping jo- uh, John- Jonathan Lithgow for us alive. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Move on. <laughs> What's this dime doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (coughs) Moving on to sports. Why did I do this to myself? Alexander Alexandrovich Karolin was born September 19th. He is a retired Greco-Roman wrestler for the Soviet Union and Russia, nicknamed the Russian Bear and Russian King Kong. Among many nicknames, he is widely considered the greatest Greco-Roman wrestler of all time. Carolyn won gold medals at the 98, 92, and 96 Olympic Games under a different flag each time. The Soviet Union, the Unified Team, and Russia, respectively. And a silver medal at the 2000 Olympic Games. His wrestling record is 887 wins and two losses. Oh, my God. (laughs) Carolyn was also the national flag bearer at three consecutive Olympics in 1988 for the Soviet Union, 
1992 for the United team and 1996 for Russia. And just a little piece of trivia, he is who um, Ivan Drago was modeled after. Oh. Okay. And strangely, both of his losses were to Bill Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> As God is my witness, he's broken in half. <laughs> oh, my God. Poison. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's Alexander Carolyn. All right. Born September 19th, James Anthony Jim Abbott is a former MLB pitcher. Despite having been born without a right hand, he played 10 seasons from 1989 to 1999. While with the University of Michigan, Abbott won the James E. Sullivan Award as the nation's best amateur athlete and won a gold medal in the demonstration event at the 1968 Summer Olympics. He was drafted in the first round of the 1988 MLB draft, and as a member of the Yankees, he threw a no-hitter against the Cleveland Indians in 1993. Abbott retired with a career record of 87 wins and 108 losses, along with a 4.25 earned run average. He currently works as a motivational speaker. Down by the river. <laughs> That's kind of a nice timing on that, considering we've just got somebody in the NFL who's an early draft pick with one hand. Yep. Yeah. And the, and the way he fielded was, was insane, because he would keep his... Uh, he would keep his glove because he, uh, he he obviously had to throw with his left hand because he didn't have a right hand. Mm-hmm. But he would keep his glove under his arm, and the second he released the ball, he would bring his hand up and grab the grab the glove and put it on one handed. Like he had a special weight, a special glove made that you know he could slip right on and it would lock into place. But he and he could like you know if he stuck it under his armpit again, he had that's how he got it off. He'd have to pop it out. Huh? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah, because I mean, he just you know you know how hard it is to be a, a major league pitcher, and he's adding like a whole another mechanic to having to you know at the end of every pitch he has to like, get his glove on. Are you like him and the drummer from? Uh, yeah, Led from Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Led Zeppelin. Definitely. Led Zeppelin. Yeah, John Bonham. Yeah, I want to see him. Oh, well, so do I, but he still had both hands. Yeah, but he'd be he'd have a hell of a lot harder time drumming right now than the guy from Def Leppard. All right, I I don't know where to take this anymore. Yeah, what happened? I had to bring death into the twee somehow. That's what happened. Okay. John Bottom is dead. All right, y'all, take us out of here. <laughs> not, 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 not. <laughs> Poison. Of course, so is Shannon Moon. Hoon. Hoon. Hoon Moon. Isn't he the premier of China? <laughs> All right. So this week we watch Speed Racer, or as otherwise known as Maha Go Go Go. Uh, Patrick known, was yeah, not known in America as that, but yeah. So yes, Patrick just, was going to make a confession. Yes. Yeah. Well, not really a confession, just uh, to know where I'm coming from. This 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 show is near and dear to my heart. I as a kid, like when I was five, six years old, this was one of my favorite things in life. I had Speed Racer. All I had all the toys. I had Speed Racer bed sheets. Um, I dressed up as Speed Racer for a couple of Halloweens. Um. I loved Speed Racer. I watched it every day. And talking to my sister about this, uh, she said that she used to enjoy just watching me watch it because I apparently I talked to everybody while I watched it. Like I would tell Speed to watch out for things and stuff like that. And things have not changed. <laughs> so, yeah, I was a huge Speed Racer fan, which is why as I, I still know all the words to the theme song, as Joel found out about a month ago. Hey, that's... Uh... I I love Speed Racer too. Um, I had a Speed Racer cake for my fifth birthday, and uh, oh yeah, I had a cake too. Yeah, yeah my um, 
my mom tells it, it was a little bit of interesting conversation at the uh, at the bakery because she's like, here, this is what I want on there. Oh, he's, you know, I want, but it has to have a five on the side of the car. And he's like, oh, he's, no, I had, yeah, I had a Mach 5 for my seventh birthday. You know, here's Mach 5. Get this. Oh, you want the seven on the side? No, it has to be a five. But I thought you said it was the seventh birthday. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right, then. That's like, <laughs> but it's not the Mach 7. It's not the Mach 7, but there is a Mach 6. So True. And, and a Mach I asked, 1. I asked my mom if I was into Speed Racer, and her response was, maybe Matchbox cars. I think you had a racetrack, but I'm not familiar with Speed Racer. <laughs> <laughs> so no. <laughs> that was her response. Yeah, I think that this is one of those things that I was just a little too young to appreciate it when it was in regular syndication. And by the time I caught it the second time around... It had aged enough that I didn't care for. Mm. Well, we will get into the aging of it. <laughs> um, I will. I will simply say that this cartoon was not made for forty-year-old men. That's actually something you can say about a lot of things that we do. Um, so I'm not sure it was made for five-year-olds. Oh, you shut your mouth. <laughs> five-year-old me love the shit out of it. You shut up. So teenager Go Mifuni aspires to be the world's best race car champion with the help of his friends, family, and his father's high-tech race car, the Mach 5. Uh, this was originally serialized as a um, manga in 1966 in one of the Shonen books uh, by Shishuis. Uh, the English rights were acqu- acquired by Trans Looks, and Speed Racer premiered on American television in 1967. And this in the series, they had changed his name from Go Mifuni to, uh, which tipped off, uh, it was a tribute to a Japanese film star, Toshiro Mifuni, which is from the Seven Samurai, Yojimbo. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, like, he is one of the greats. Yeah. He's like, like, you don't have to be into Asian cinema to know his name. No, he's like yeah, the John I've, I've Wayne. even heard that name. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like the John Wayne of Japan. Because I I, I'm not in in the Japanese cinema at all, but I know that name. Oh, you've seen the Seven Samurai, haven't you? No. Oh, dude. That's one of those things that I've always intended to watch, and I just never have. If you watch the Seven Samurai, I will watch, um, what's that one with the, the singing Nazis? In the, History in the of the World Part 1? No, in the... In the, the producers? In, no, in the mountains. Sound of Music? Sound of, sound of music. music. You've never seen Sound of Music? I've never seen Sound of Music. I've wow. never that seen explains sound. why he's referring to it as the one with the singing Nazis. That's a good point. Yeah. So uh, they did some major editing and dubbing uh, with producer Peter Fernandez, who likewise not only wrote and directed the English language dialogue, but also provided the voices, most notably Racer X and Speed Racer himself. Uh, Fernandez was was responsible for the rearrangement of the theme song's melody, and which originally was composed and written by Nobuyoshi Koshibi. Uh, and he was succinctly wrote the English lyrics, which was pre- performed by the band Danny Davis and the Nashville Brass, uh, which makes sense when you see the closing credits with all the old cars. The, old, the closing credits are really strange. Um, but I always liked them. I did, too. I mean, I'd say I didn't like them. I th- I, they were just weird. Uh, There's a very Hanna-Barbera feel about them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So you have a, it's they like kind of go through all the characters on that, you know. Um, though he was not credited in it, uh, Fernandez had a cameo in the 2008 movie as a race announcer. Um, in a 2008 interview with uh, the Tribune in Chicago, uh, Luis Fernandez recalled that he landed the job 
working on Speed Racer after he was ghostwriting scripts for Astro Boy and Gigantor. Ah, more imports. But uh, Astro- is that one? Is that one show? No, 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 no those are two separate shows. Okay. Astro Boy is the little robot boy with kind of like the pointy hair. Goes off in 45-degree angles. Nope. nope. And Gigantor is the boy with the big nope. giant robot, which I think is the first kind of import we got over here. Astro Boy usually gets the credit for being first. Yeah. I always think of Gigantor, though, because it was in black and white initially. Yeah, Gigantor. I my This, along with Giant Robots Go, the one where they had the robots living in the volcano... I always forget the I don't name. Know that one. Oh, oh, I have to look. I have to look it up. Three, a boy befriends three gi- three giant robots that turn into rocket ships that live in a volcano. But that's something for another time. So anyway, there have been Mike's a couple other Speed Racer shows that have aired. Mock Go 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 uh, lasted for 34 episodes on TV Tokyo, and in 2002 they had Speed Racer X, uh, which aired for 11 episodes because there was a pissing contest between Dick and Speed Racer Enterprises. Uh, there was also a web series called Mock Girl, made by Tatsunko Productions, and was created by Tatsu Yoshida's daughter, Suzuka. So, been Speed Racer, it seems, has been a thing for a while. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's one of the titans of early anime. Oh, yeah. I mean, and it's, it's not um, what I remember it being... It's different than what I've watched this week. <laughs> um, I think we all had that experience. I don't remember anything about it specifically other than all the, the gasps and the racing and everything and that I loved it. That's pretty I don't I didn't remember anything I didn't even remember, you know, like um the uh the character of Sparky. I didn't even remember him. I'm I'm like What? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like I mean I was like five or six, so I barely you know How could you forget about Sparky? I don't know. I was more focused on Speed Racer and Chim Chim. I think those are my two favorites. I had a yeah, I had a stuffed monkey named I had a stuffed monkey that I named Chim Chim. That hmm. completely makes sense. Yeah. So going I over, I still have him. He's in a box in my closet. No joke. I believe you. So uh, in the original Japanese, Katsuji Mori Katsuji Mori uh, did the voice of Speed Racer uh, back in when, back when it was still just the anime. Uh, he has. Also done voices for Ninja Scroll, Dragon Ball, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And here we go. And also Cutie Honey. (laughs) But Cutie Honey, the 1973-1974 version. I didn't realize that anime was that old. That kind of blows my mind when I say that. I mean, literally. I didn't realize that was an anime. I just liked the name. (laughs) Okay, we're just going to roll with anything I say that you don't know. Just assume it's an anime. Yeah, we're we're in that territory tonight. Oh yeah, it's a safe bet. Yeah, so, just, just like our, our our standard rule in Gen Con, if you don't know what it is, assume it's anime. Yep. I don't know what that costume is, but it must be anime. All right. So Peter Fernandez, as we've spoken earlier, did the voice of Speed Racer for 52 episodes, and also uh, Racer X, Corinne Orr, Mom Racer, Jack Grimes did the voice of Chim Chim. Uh, Corrine Orr has a long, long voice career. Oh, yeah. She's... Like, yeah, I know her best as the voice of Setsuko from Grave of the Fireflies. I, <laughs> that came on, we found, we saw that on, um, a Crunchyroll, and the girl's like, oh, what's this? And it looks like a, you know, it looks like a good anime. Like, that's going to make you cry. 
Yeah, it's like you need to see this, but you're not going to want to see it twice. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is definitely uh, Grave of the Fireflies is an amazing movie that everyone needs to see at least once. It's about uh, brother and sister trying to survive in uh, in Nagasaki, right? Yes. You know, I can't remember which city it was, okay. whether it was uh, Hiroshima or Nagasaki. Yeah, but they're they're trying to survive after after the nuclear nuclear bomb has leveled everything that they know um it's it's something um but she also uh had a cameo as a grand prix female announcer in the uh 2008 so that was kind of cool yeah uh, her and and uh peter fernandez both yep uh jack grimes who also had a bunch of uh voice acting going on but his actually went backwards uh he did not. He died in 2009, but did the voice of Jimmy Olsen in the New Adventures of Superman, which is that old black and white cartoon of Superman. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And also did he also played Tom Corbett Space Cadet, uh, or in Tom Corbett Space Cadet TV show he played at somebody called T.J. Thistle. So he uh, did a lot of voiceovers for that point. Jack Curtis did Pops Racer. Um. Known for such great movies. Now, here's Joel. This is where we go in as the Flesh Eaters from 1964. Uh, we are all naked from 1966, and Night of the Bloody Apes. Oh, that's a classic. I believe. I really believe that you're. You mean that? I mean, it's not a good movie, but it's a classic. When uh, then he died in 1970. That one just got released on Blu-ray recently, actually. Jesus. See, that's why I say these things. Um, but no, uh, Speed Racer. Joel, do you have any recollection of Speed Racer whatsoever? Oh, yeah. No, I watched it as a kid, and I remember enjoying it. But um, seeing it with 43-year-old eyes, I was kind of like, what was I thinking? Like, <laughs> it's so incredibly poorly done that I... I, I I was like, wow. But no, I as a kid, I remember loving it. I, I would, it's, anytime it was on, I would watch it. Yeah, it's definitely looks forced. <laughs> I'll give it this. Uh, the animation, while crude, was not as crude as I thought it was going to be. Like my m- vague memories of the animation not being that great. I thought it was actually worse than it turns out it, it was for being as old as it is. Well, and I think you hit the nail on the head, Mike, is it it it's like they were trying to put a story in where they didn't know what the story was. Right. It's like when you're a kid and you're making a a radio show or you're making your own movie or you're writing a story, you're trying to, you know. Or have you ever played the game with your friends when you when you mute the TV and you just talk over it, you know, and you make up dialogue? Yeah. You know, that's what it felt like. But, yeah, the animation is very, uh, very cheap and very. minimal because you can tell that they just use a lot of uh overlays you know and they just keep this keep 95 percent of the screen static and they just animate the mouth you know and they yeah. just well and i don't know how many episodes you guys watched i think i got through 12 before i finally stopped but there's a scene in one of them where he's helping out this guy light fingers something he's the son of a light fingers klepto yeah yeah and there's oh, yeah, two, that's another thing. The names, man. <laughs> there's two things in that, that that made me go, huh? The first was when um, the bad guy, I can't think of his name, is up in his 
jet helicopter thing and there's like 5,000 motorcycle guys coming out of it and then another 5,000 come out. It's like, where yeah. are they keeping them? There um, were 17 and, of them, by the way. I counted it when they did the <laughs> overhead shot. Wow. And then yeah. there's the other scene where he's talking about how his father came to tell them about the the hidden treasure. And there's one version of it during the episode where he's he he's on his deathbed. And then there's another version where he's in the jail with the bad guy and tells him. And I'm like, so which story is true? Because he dies in the jail cell, but he also dies from a gunshot wound later on. So consistency yeah. wasn't real, a real strong point. Exactly. In this, they were kind of because they didn't have a lot of time to get this stuff recorded and posted and that sort of thing. I mean, they would. Well, in, in that same episode, Joel, um, they, when, when they're riding up to, to check out the place, and they start sending everybody to chase them down. Um, they make a big point of keep showing that uh, the man, the old man is sitting in the passenger seat. And then suddenly he's they gone. do the one close up shot. And he's, there's no one in the passenger seat at all. And then they cut away, and then they cut back, and there he is again. You know. Yeah, and that they had that going. On. The one thing I did notice that <laughs> any sort of collision between two cars is fatal. Yeah. Well, at the beginning of the series, they wouldn't kill anybody. Everybody always either parachuted out or whatever, or, or they always made a point of showing it so everybody was safe, like GI Joe. But then by the you know fast forward to the end of the series, and they're just. Every wreck is fatal. People are getting just straight up shot and killed. <laughs> oh yeah, they just they sniper rifles shooting right at Project uh, Racer X's head. Almost called it Project X. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean it got very violent by the end. Yeah, it it really did. Um, and like one of the things, like the one the one episode that we were watching that had the uh, where they were looking for the engine that had the secret code on it that would tell them where to roll the rocks so they can find the money. The amount of randomness that goes on in any one episode of Speed Racer, outside of just uh, guys disappearing from the passenger seat. First off, <clears throat> where did the villain get the flamethrower from? Yeah, and it, he, he got it on real quick. You know, yeah, he, I mean, at one at one point he's wrestling pops, and then suddenly he just you know he just disappears and puts on the flamethrower. Well, and it always goes with one of those. Nah, now I've got my flamethrower. I'm gonna get you all. And then out of the other one was when uh, Spritel and Chim Chim suddenly, uh, one, he's dressed up as Tarzan in a little grass skirt. And then where did all those freaking monkeys come from? Yeah, there's a lot of unexplained shit that goes on. There's a lot of monkeys in the desert. Well, and that, <laughs> Those are desert monkeys, Mike. Oh, yeah, completely desert monkeys. Yeah. One of the things I love is whether it's a machine gun, a pistol, a rocket launcher, Speed's move is to jump into the air. Yeah. And... It always takes them by surprise. <laughs> no one has done any scouting on this guy. Yeah. And there's some serious like logic jumps. Like, why was he driving with the flag with the numbers off the engine down the road? Because they wouldn't know what it was to begin with. And yet he's trying to lure them out. And then he has no plan to do anything once he gets caught. And meanwhile, Racer X is like, I'm going to watch over and protect Speed. But he doesn't do a damn thing. Well, Or, or like how he runs over the one guy. And then he runs over the other group of guys, and the other group of guys just standing there going, oh, he's probably not going to run us over. No, he does <laughs> None of them ever move. They all just stand and you know wait for Racer X to just run them over. There's not a whole lot of logic in this show. No. But somehow Spritel and Jim Chim were even more annoying than I remembered. Oh, my God. That character is awful. Spritel is the worst. And the... <laughs> Punctuation with Spritel. It's sentence followed by nah. 
<laughs> Sprider grew up to be Penguin. Man. Oh, wow. So, I mean, yeah. I, I enjoyed it for the for the reminiscing of it. Trixie, super confusing. Uh, especially when she puts on the... Um, oh. Trixie can do anything unless the plot needs her to not be able to do something. Which reminds me, in the very first episode, they're trying to... He's trying to get money so he can rebuild his engine he needs to build for the Mach 5, and Speed's first inclination to get that money is to sell the Mach 5. <laughs> that was a, a like, terrible wait, plan. How does that work? <laughs> and, and then when they finally do get money, he just gives it all to the old man. Here you go. Well, we'll, just, we'll then, find money another way. Wait, no, you that, just give him like half of it. Keep the other half, you dummy. If you need to save money, stop having Trixie fly around in a helicopter. That's true. You can save on the gas. Well, How much? Okay. No, but Trixie, Trixie was not well, obviously was not related to any of them. Trixie's dad owned an aeronautics company. That's why she had a helicopter. But can can we just straight up talk about? Can we talk about how dumb all the features of the Mach Five are? I, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> like the the physics defying spring loaded jack things that like save him for no matter what the situation is somehow that that that's the MacGuffin that saves him every single time the mm-hmm. drive through is crowded <laughs> the the fucking saws what those that's, are amazing i that wanted some, that somehow have no controls but yet they do their own thing you know and man that, those saws what the fuck like he they don't wait the car in, down at all they don't you know he participated in deforestation I mean, just just the 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 different way the homing pigeon thing. What is that? Oh, the little homing falcon that pops out of the top. Yeah, and you got the little remote control. Yeah, that's. I actually kind of like that one. I dug that. That was cool. I I mean, if I could have a car with buzz saws out the front in a heartbeat, there I am. Can you get those? I'm sure you could. Not legally, maybe, but I want those. But it's probably for the best. I don't have those. <laughs> I mean, and and just like so so, uh, like, I don't know. It's just such a dumb idea for all of features. Like, if you're gonna build a car, like those are and, and like ah. Okay, tell explain to me the physics of how those little grippy things roll out onto the tires while he's moving. Yeah, or how like every time you use those jacks, they don't just snap off with the you know because the fact that you're going 150 miles an hour. It's it's the you know what the whole secret is. <laughs> right yeah, there. there's there's a lot of problems with it but okay it's something i kept thinking about as i was watching it i was thinking voltron speed racer how do they compare in terms of how you remember them versus how, the reality how i remember them i remember speed racer a lot more fondly than voltron but revisiting it was one more tolerable than the other? <laughs> I think I think Speed Racer was more tolerable because the outside of the we're on fire. I mean that uh, from Voltron, the, the Speed Racer was so raw and so ridiculous that it was actually fun to laugh at. In fact, I was watching it with the girls, and they were like, "We have to watch another one of those." That was almost that was the funniest dang thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, we're That's sitting there and laughing at them. Yeah, I would. I mean, th- this the show was completely ruined in my memory, but I mean, 
it is it, it is definitely like something to watch. Oh, it is. And but the thing is, is like if you're watching it and you are five or six years old, you would be totally down with that. I, I could see how I was captivated by it, definitely. But you know, now it's just uh, funny to watch. You're right. I mean, it really is. Yeah, I well, mean, uh, I'm saying things like Pop com- pops completely forgetting the fact that he was a uh, uh, Greco-Roman wrestler. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot. I completely what? forgot that I was a I was a championship wrestler. I'll take down these guys. And then he's a superhero. Yeah. You know, but I'm glad you said what you did because it's kind of how I felt because I was like, oh man, this was really rough. I don't think I want to watch anymore, but I really do. And so I continued. Yeah, it's 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 oddly it's like a train wreck. Yeah. It's oddly captivating in a in a weird way. It's almost like you're wondering what they're gonna do next because you really literally have no idea. Even if you know the plot, you still don't know what's gonna happen. And like you know, one of the number one rules of, of you know storytelling is show don't tell and that's like the number one thing that this show breaks constantly oh yeah there's always somebody going this is happening and this is happening and this is why this is happening well that's because animating it so you can tell what's going on is more expensive than having some dude say it yeah true which brings us to the point we mentioned uh first go around which is the whole thing with racer x how Every single time he pops onto the screen, they have to explain. <laughs> Dude, I love that. I, I unabashedly love that, which is why it was part of the couch gag. Is Not only does he say it, but he lowers his voice as though Speed's going to hear him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every single time. After they after that plot point is made out. you know. And well, then, my, my, my main takeaway from this entire uh, rewatching of this show is that... Uh, I owe my mother an apology for making her watch this every day <laughs> and having you retell it as it happened. Um, the scene where he, racer X gets in the accident and pops yells at him. And so his, his way of dealing with it is like, I'm going to run away and I'm going to be a racer. And he like literally just runs away. Yeah, off the they, track. they have a 30 second argument and they both just sever ties forever. <laughs> right. Well, we'll money. never talk about this again. And everything is over. And, no and car. the other thing about that, that whole breaking away thing was you think pops would be like, you were just in a near fatal car accident. You should probably get checked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to be a doctor. I completely I forgot. <laughs> but no, yeah. I, I, as as corny and as terrible as this, I don't say maybe not terrible. As corny as Speed Racer was, watching it forty years later, I still enjoyed it. I still had a good time. You know, it wasn't. It, I could see why young Mike would like it because it's got a supercar. It's got you yeah, know for sure. I could definitely see why why a young boy would like this show. Yeah. So yeah, I also find it odd that every woman in that universe looks exactly like Trixie because they just didn't want to animate more women. <laughs> I don't know. I was thrown for a loop when she was one of the locals that was going to show them around. That was, that was on the way of getting into like a, uh, a Brazzers ding, video. Ding, ding, ding. Right. Exactly. That's the first thing I thought with the way she was dressed and everything. And then she started coming on to speed. I'm like, what? No, oh, I like that. When she, when she winked, it just turned into, uh, I have Bell's palsy. <laughs> That was like her uh, glasses for Clark Kent. <laughs> Nobody can tell who she is when she does the wink. But yeah, for sure, my favorite part of this show, uh, hands down, easily is is the theme song. I think it's one of the best TV show theme songs out there. Oh, easily. 
I also like when they actually have teams of themed, almost wacky racers-ish enemies for him. Like when it's just some random dude who's got a gun, it's not that cool. But when are you talking about like the uh, the 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 most giant acrobatic car? car guys that could like stack their cars in pyramids yeah, while they're driving? Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> that was always the best part, and it reminded. And I think that's another reason why I did not have fun of this show as a kid because being just a little younger than you guys my racing show that I was super into was Wacky Racers true the Hanna-Barbera one yep yeah and the elements of Speed Racer that as an adult I like the most are the ones that remind me of my racing show Wacky Racers so I don't remember that show you don't remember Wacky Racers not off the top of my head. It sounds familiar, like, like but a, I, like animated Cannibal Run, basically. Yeah, was that yeah. a Hanna Barbera one? Yeah, it was Hanna. Yeah, Bar- and they had uh, oh, like okay. uh, one of the cars was like a haunted house with a Stein dude driving it. Yeah, and uh, Smedley was always in it. That okay, I know what you're talking yeah, about. And now. had that dog that left. Up- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. the asthmatic okay. dog. <laughs> I didn't remember the name of it, but I remember those characters. Yes, but no, uh. What was the other one with the with the the giant uh, train bus car that was made out of gold? That was their with the world's largest car. That was the episode where their whole thing was they were going to run in this race and smuggle out the gold by making a car entirely out of gold. Because that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because sure, why not? So that was that was their big thing, and I think that was wasn't that the one that had like the car that had the multiple. Look like a train, and they would like circle around speed. Is that that one? I have no idea. I don't. Know. I the the thing is like that doesn't after, sound familiar at all. After a few of them, you start to go into this weird trance, <laughs> and gets a little confusing. But uh, but yeah. So you want to take a break? Yeah, I've got to go make a pit stop. <gasps> oh. <gasps> I've got to go find my chim chim. You know, for years I was mixing up Chim Chim and Shin Chan and calling him Chim Cham. Chim Cham the Flim Flam Man. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. So we'll be back in a little bit. Uh, just check on your older brother and make sure that he's not Racer X, I guess. Would explain a lot. All right, we are back, and we're going to talk about Speed Racer 2008. Uh, this is written and directed by the Wachowskis, and uh, follows the plot of a young driver, Speed Racer, aspires to be the champion of the racing world with the help of his family and his high-tech Mach 5 automobile. So nothing has changed since uh, since the 70s. So... This stars a Emile Hirsch, a speed racer, which I think he actually fit pretty well. Yeah. Looked a lot like Batman yeah. Speed Racer. Yeah. And this... Agree to disagree. What? He was my least favorite part of this whole movie. We're not discussing whether or not you liked it. We're discussing whether or not he looked like Speed Racer. Well, first of all, he's not Asian, so no. Neither was Speed Racer. Yes, he was. Yeah, I was going to say, Speed Racer does not look Asian at all. It's no, anime. No. He was Asian. Come on. Dude, put a pair of glasses on Pops and he's my dad. Yeah, he's got you there. Your dad is John Goodman? 
That would well, be he so does forget about uh, whether or not he was a Greco-Roman wrestler, but that's probably just <laughs> dementia. <laughs> he airs on the other side. He always thinks he was. All right. Also, has Susan Sarandon as Mom, Kick Gurry as Sparky, or as I like to put him, I'm what's uh, crap. I just lost his name. Back Shepherd. Nah, he looks like a younger version of uh, from. Uh, Walter Austin. Goggins? Yeah, maybe Walter. Maybe Walter Goggins and uh, uh, from Austin Powers. Well, you know, Big Boys never really left us. Who's the guy who says that whole? Oh, Clint Howard. Yeah, he looks like Walter Goggins and Clint Howard had a kid. It'd be Kick Kick Gurry. Okay, that's all <laughs> I got. Uh, John Goodman as Pops, the ex Greco Roman wrestler. Christina Ricci as uh, Trixie. Kenzie as Chim Chim. Uh, which he has done nothing but nothing since. Poor little monkey. Yeah, he always gets typecast as a chimpanzee. Yeah. <laughs> Matthew Fox as Racer X. Uh, or as when I was watching it, oh my god, it's a guy from Lost. Richard Browntree as Ben Burns. Kareen, yeah, Kareen Orr and Roger Ellum. Or Kareen Orr as the female announcer, as we had said before, did the voice of Trixie in the original series. Roger Ellum as Royalton. Rain as Tejo Togokan? Yeah, Rain is legit huge. Like, uh, he, he's even fairly well known in America, but he's like the biggest of the K pop stars. Wasn't he in the uh, Tokyo Drift movie? Uh, no. No, uh, he was the lead ninja assassin, the, the remake in 2009. That was his other big US thing. Yeah. I just like, remember hearing somebody, the, the guy that was in that movie was huge in Japan. So, Not like physically, just like celebrities-wise. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, but I be... mean, Rain is probably the biggest South Korean star. Believe it. Uh, Pauly Litt as Spritel Racer, known for other things such as playing the young bully in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And also being uh, somehow just as annoying as... Uh, uh, what's his face? Spencer. Uh, what? Oh God, I can't think. Of it. Spencer Breslin. I was gonna say Spencer for hire. What? No. <laughs> Somehow being just as annoying as Spencer Breslin, that fucking shitty ass kid actor. I hate him. Wow. Um. So now he, 2017, he was in something called Sex Guaranteed. Huh. Yeah. I don't know if I want. I would, but <laughs> starring that dude and Stephen Dorff. What? All right. So. Yeah, um, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Before we go down that hole, and also Peter Fernandez as an announcer, who did the voice of the original Speed, as we just said. So, uh, trivia. Emil Hirsch is a big fan of Speed Racer, and I uh, used to watch it on Cartoon Network. Uh, Canal Reeves turned down the role of Racer X. Uh, this is actually uh, some more trivia on there. Was originally um, This movie started its existence in the early 90s and had everybody from... Um, Johnny Depp involved in it to um, a lead singer from Black Flag. Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins as yep. Racer X. Which would have been odd. Which I love Henry Rollins, but... That would have been strange. Uh, so J.J. Abrams wrote a, gra- a draft of the screenplay with, along with a bunch of other people. Uh, this, this got passed around. I mean, like I said, it started in early 90s and then just new scripts, everything got turned around over and over and over again until we hit 2008 and they finally made it. 
Um, after winning a race, Speed Racer jumps out of his car while it's still moving and strikes a pose as his car slows and stops just behind him. In addition, the lights flashing in the grandstand behind Speed briefly dissolve into a red-yellow checkerboard background, and this scene replicates the trademark pose of Speed Racer in the opening credits of Speed Racer. Probably moment in the movie. The worst or best? Well, my favorite moment in the movie when he did when cause I, you know I picked up on that right away. I'm like, oh, they're doing the pose. Yeah, the poses. That's classic Speed Racer right there. Right. That's what I said. That, that was my favorite moment in the movie. It was awesome. Yeah. So is this a first watching for any of us? Yes, oh, yeah. Uh, one I, thing, she was too far down on the cast list, but before we move too far past that, uh, young Trixie was Ariel Winter from uh, Modern Family. Oh, really? Hmm. Yep. yep. Huh. Because I saw her tagged in the uh, the site I was watching it on, and I was, I was like, "What the hell did she do?" And I looked it up, and I was like, oh, that's why I didn't recognize her. Oh. There you go. All right, so this is post Matrix Wachowskis. The entire yes. movie was done in green screen. If you hadn't picked up on that, I was going to say, uh, "What? Really? <laughs> no did. way." Um. My my guilty my guilty pleasure on this one my my guilt my terrible secret is I love this movie it is the reason I I mean it, in looking at it from my eyes now it is a terrible movie the plot is ridiculous the cars are I mean the cars are just like what what physics um, especially the one that throws beehives that was kind of strange or the one that has giant metal spiked balls behind it that don't manage to slow it down even the slightest. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the word I was thinking of. Well, but the thing is, in watching this movie, this was what I remember Speed Racer being when I was watching it when I was six years old. Giant cars flying around, razor blades coming out of the front, you know, explosions, you know, the the uh, people getting bounced out of the cars and getting covered in bubble in the bubbles is kind of strange. But I suppose they wanted to keep the PG-13 or PG rating they had on this thing. They didn't want to go full R because they considered it a, uh, you know, they want to make it a family film. But this is full-on popcorn goofball fun. Yeah, I mean, when I started watching this, my initial reaction was, yikes, this is a bit much. But, I mean, I don't know. I think them committing to, uh, it's like, let's just keep going more and more and more commit to 110 miles an hour the whole time right it can't be too ridiculous because ridiculous is what we're going for and that that's exactly it i mean they chips on the table they are all in for the entire thing through the whole movie there's no point in this where they're like maybe we should throttle it you know maybe we should pull it back a little bit this is getting kind of silly they just like when they're getting the tour of the factory you know, and they've got all those ridiculous things going on on the side as they're making the different cars. I mean, it's they push it just a little bit and a little bit more ridiculous every single time to the point where you get it and you're just like, there's, they're doing it just to be as cheesy as possible. But I, I enjoy movies that are ridiculous and that are all in on the ridiculousness. Yeah, they, they, they pretty much are like, okay, we're going to do the TV show. And it's like, we're going to do a gritty reboot? No. You're going to do like a retelling where you change things of it? No, we're just going to do the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, much. I mean, the unmasking of Racer X was the biggest change. Yeah. That, I mean, because they never mentioned the, uh, 
they never mention anything. Well, he never got his face changed in the in the in the comic, but uh, right. They tried to address the how can you not tell it's your brother? It's fucking obvious. Or your son? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean I don't know I, I I wasn't sure I liked it until you get to those last two races and you've just got these ridiculous teams and it's over the top action and I've already kind of gotten used to how over the top it was and I'm just sitting back and enjoying uh, the races and the cars were amazing in this Ugh. well I mean the the, the Mach five and um, Racer X's car were both cool but yeah Pat I'm kind of in the same boat as far as what you just <laughs> oh come on! This is this is aiming exactly this. They made this movie looking exactly at the memories of kid of us who had watched this when we were kids because we remember the stupid car with the with the blades that pop out. And wouldn't it be cool if there was a car that had a, a morning star that came out of the top? You drew that in the corners of the of your notebooks when you were when you were a kid. Yeah, but there's a reason why kids aren't movie producers. <laughs> And how did you end up with stuff like Mad Max Fury Road and and <gasps> and Speed Racer and what? stuff that just makes no fucking sense? I mean, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. The world. Yeah, I know. We've, we've just, with you. Yeah, I, yeah, we've had the discussion about Mad Max Fury Road. I know, and and I know I'm in the minority that doesn't suck that movie's dick. But I mean, it just I want I I want some logic in my fucking movies. I mean. I understand what they're going for, and I blah blah blah, and all that shit. But I mean, you can't you can't just disregard the laws of physics. Yeah, you can. If you're making a live action cartoon, I think you probably should. I, I can't. And imagine. I think that's that's my problem with it. I don't think it should be live action. I think I would have enjoyed this a lot more if the whole thing had been animated. As good as some of the casting was, John Goodman as Pops was was very good casting. Uh, Christina Ricci as Trixie was very good. I didn't like Emil Hirsch. Susan Sarandon seemed like an odd choice for mom, but I can understand. But she played the character very well. Yeah, she did, of oh, course, because yeah. she's Susan Sarandon, of course. But I mean, yeah. um, but I mean, I just I I could never really get in. Matthew Fox was a great casting as Racer X. I thought he looked just like the the cartoon. And as annoying as Polly Lit was, it was like, okay, this character annoys me. But I mean, yeah. he's Spritel. Yeah, that he is definitely Spritel. I mean, he he was in a very annoying character, but you know that is an annoying character. So I, it's it's like you know Joffrey Baratheon. You know, yeah, you may hate him, but apparently that actor's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing because it's bringing up the exact emotion it's supposed to. <laughs> I want to see the casting for Spritel. Be like watching all these. I want to punch that kid square in the face. Yeah. Tell him he's in. Has anyone ever called you precocious? Come try out for this role. Yeah, but no, I mean, but, I, I, I just, I just did not. I mean, from the mo- from the opening race when they're just like you know Tokyo drifting all over this track that is apparently you know it's it's a Hot Wheels track. It is. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and like, what is with these cars? How are they so indestructible? And like, you know, the the, the flips and the turns and the, I'm flying through the air and doing 720 degree turns while simultaneously kicking these cars out of the way and like you know, no physics exists it's a thing because see everything you're listing as a downside to the movie for some of us was an upside to i understand movie. that and i you know and that's where that's where we're just on different pages this is going to be a weird one because i am with we you do on this, this josh we do this all the time in these kinds of movies i mean you got you guys love the over-the-top bullshit and i get annoyed by it i don't know I I mean when the the, the tracks are re- reminiscent of the tracks that I put up in my house when I was when I was a kid. You have the I'm not saying this isn't like a 
this doesn't tweak like the the young kid you know fantasy bullshit racing around fantasies and you had in your imagination when you were a kid but i mean i think my biggest problem with this like if, if it had been completely animated if they didn't do the live action i think i would have liked it much more because you're trying to create you're trying to put an anchor into reality by using real people and then you just make the whole thing completely unrealistic and i, I didn't like the juxtaposition you got issues man you gotta let that stuff go, man. I got I no. I just I I I want my fun. I have very strict rules for how I have my fun. I agree with that, though. I mean, there was parts of it that I liked. The Racer X gunfight. I wrote a note. I don't remember exactly which part that was now, but there was the gunfight where Racer X got involved. Oh, when they're driving. Oh, um, he made him. Stick oh, his yeah, in a the... very Speed Racer cartoon moment where they stop the race to have a confrontation, mm-hmm. which I thought was very cool. But literally, my favorite part of the movie, and I agree, Pat, with you 100. percent If it would have been straight up animated, would have been badass. But Chim Chim was literally the best best part of the movie outside of the the look of the cars. In my, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I mean the, the the cinematography and and the visualization of this movie, it was it was. Like especially when they weren't racing, like the world itself, like you know the the house and the street that they lived, all that kind of stuff. It, I mean, it it was it was beautiful. It just you know. I want to see wanna... Speed Racer done by Wes Anderson. No. <laughs> see, this reminded me of the very few things I liked about the Dick Tracy movie, like the cartoony looks. Only it wasn't as boring and ponderous as the Dick Tracy movie. Yeah. Tended it to did, be, it did, yeah, it had a very primary colors feel like the Dick Tracy movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except the Dick Tracy movie tried to do that and then take itself super seriously and gritty. Right. Where, where you've got this dude with a big pumpkin and a tiny face in the middle. It's like you can't do that. They committed to this. And I get that you don't like it, but I, I, I don't know that they could have improved it by doing it a different way. Unless, like you say, they just don't do it at all and make a new cartoon. Well, and it... I mean, you could have kept all the same aspects of it, but just turn it into an animated version of the story that they told. So I think my favorite two parts of the movie were um, the gunfight with Racer X. I want to say where they're they're driving initially and it turns into like a gun battle. There's like a truck or something. And then uh, Chim Chim, which I thought was the best part of the whole movie, in, in my opinion. So the best part of the movie for you was the monkey. Yes. He was the most entertaining part of it. What, what, were you, what were your thoughts about him sneaking onto the plane to steal all the candy? Well, it's taken directly out of the, the TV show. I mean, that seems like that's all they were ever doing was hiding it's, in the trunk and getting yeah, into trouble. completely in character. Yeah, that's true. So I, it didn't feel out of place or weird or anything. There are too many segues. Way too many segues. They were racing segues? In the, like the in factory? The, yeah. Oh, that's right. It was very, it was jarring. Oh, for how many times they jump from scene to scene? No, no, I'm talking about the segways, the vehicles. Like how many, you know, when they were going through the factory in, on the golf cart, like everybody was racing around in segways that yeah, were going like a million miles an hour. I yeah, got, it was obviously sped up. I got really confused there for a second because there are a lot of segways in the there, movie. Yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously edited for HD, HD for ADD people, you know. HD AD people. It's a very 2008 version of like this is futuristic. Mm-hmm. It almost like, felt like um, if Spy Kids was a bigger budget. Yeah. Yeah, I can give you that. Yeah, that's true because like right after at that point, right after. Um, the Matrix and everything, everybody was willing to give them the money to do something else. Yes. 
you know, I expected to really hate this and I'm probably never going to watch it again, but I didn't hate it. it. It's got a good cast. Uh, it's got some irritating things and it's, uh, it's a bit much. I'm not going to say I completely disagree with Pat. It is a, it's a bit much even for me, but I mean, they committed to it and I'm glad I watched it. I, I enjoyed it. Just not overwhelmingly. Well, and that's kind of where I started out when I first, like the first 20 minutes, I was like, oh my God, this may literally be the worst movie I've ever seen, but I softened on it by the end and was like, okay, I don't need to see that again, but okay. And I found myself, even though I knew Speed and his team was going to win in the last two races, I found myself cheering for them as they're heading towards the finish line. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus Richard Roundtree. Richard Roundtree. And the, and the whole scene where he's got to figure out how to start the car again. Right in the giant big toilet bowl thing. That was kind of weird. <laughs> the giant toilet bowl. Uh, yeah, what a, what a strange choice for a sound effect. <laughs> That's true. We didn't talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. No. I'm no. I'm just in general. I'm just. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking going back to the toilet sounds. Like, sorry. Like, it just. That, it's like PTSD. I get flashbacks. <laughs> Are we doing thumbs up, thumbs down? Of course. All right. So original speed racer. A weird thumbs up from me that I don't ex- didn't really expect to come to that conclusion, but. Just nostalgia alone is the only reason. Yeah. Yep. Started thumbs down for me and ended thumbs down for me. Mm. I'm going to say it started with thumbs down, but I could, it was like Lay's potato chips. Like I couldn't stop watching them. (laughs) So I'm going to say a a weird thumbs up like Pat said. Yeah. I got a thumbs up just for reminiscing on it. You know, like watching it and me going, there must've been something wrong with me as a kid to find this entertaining. I remember you saying that in the chat, actually. Yeah. Those exact words. So, <laughs> S- Speed Racer now? I think I'm an obvious thumbs down. In a shocking surprise. And I've yeah. already pretty much explained all the conditions on my thumbs up, but it is a thumbs up. The rest of the guys don't know this, but Patrick is thumbs down. <laughs> I'm... <sighs> okay. This is the, the preface to the thumbs up, that I give it credit... For Chim Chim, number one, and number two for the Wachowskis for saying, you know what, we're going to make the movie we want to make because we we love the cartoon. And they went 100%. They didn't half-ass it. They didn't, you know, tweak it in a certain way to make it different. They literally just went 100%. This is it. And I, I got to give them credit for that. Uh, thumbs up. I have the poster and I have a Speed Racer helmet. It makes noises like the car. <laughs> like a toilet? Yeah, it makes a toilet noise. That's yeah, but just because you enjoy something doesn't mean you have to celebrate if it's made horribly. I mean, you know, we'll use Josh as an example with Ghost Rider. Wait, what? I thought you were oh. using me as an example for being made horribly. <laughs> Fuck you. That's what I was thinking. I was like, wait, what? what stop using me as an example. Well, stop being an example, Josh. Maybe, maybe get your shit together then, Josh. He represents that remark. Oh my God. Uh, wait, no, I enjoyed it. I, I refuse to apologize for any movie as goofy as it is. If I enjoyed it, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Mike actually liked it. Like, not even ironically, not even ironically. I had a good Mm -hmm. time watching it because in my mind of what I remember speed racer being when I was a kid was exactly what this movie was over the top, ridiculous cars and a monkey wearing overalls. That's a great point. That, that and, they made the movie what they remembered it as a kid. 
and two saws that apparently have AI because they can cut whatever direction he automatically needs them to. Exactly. If they can make a car that gets into that many crashes without any scratches, they can do that, Pat. Oh, yeah. Oh, it gets scratched. It just never gets, you know, then, damaged. Then they've got the robot car that shoots bees. <laughs> yeah. It suddenly has a which... bee catapult. Let's not even discuss the ramifications of keeping live bees in your vehicle. <laughs> and then the monkey with bees in his mouth. So when he, <laughs> when he barks, it shoots bees at you. The bee car was so fucking ridiculous, but I had to laugh at it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's embracing the ridiculousness. And I, I know you can't do that, Patrick. I know you can't. When it's something gets super ridiculous like that, you have to you have to drop it. No, I, I can do ridiculous as long as you're not setting your universe. Like like Monty Python universe is just you know that's ridiculous in a different level in a different way. Like um I don't I don't want to you know I mean I again not to you know I probably would have liked this much more if it wasn't live action because using people like if you're not going to do a Roger Rabbit thing and kind of explain how your world works the way it does and you're just going to be like you know sometimes physics works and sometimes it doesn't i don't i don't get behind that well i mean if, if all you're doing is like you know things work the way they work because we want them to for plot reasons i don't like that well i do <laughs> well you're wrong for liking something i mean if it's supposed to be a cartoon i'm willing to forgive a, a whole lot more I mean, if it was supposed to be something else and, like, physics temporarily didn't work for a scene, I'd be right there with you. But for this, it's just like, okay, you know what? This is a cartoon, and it's going to use physics that are not like the physics of our world. The colors are unlike those of our world. The way people interact are not like those of our world. It's okay. It's it's something different. But they still have ninjas. Ninja. The plural of ninja is ninja. <laughs> no ninja <laughs> I hate you guys. <laughs> Ninjemeses? That fight scene was fantastic. That, that, those ninjas are my nemesis. Ooh. Ah. Them's fighting words. So anyway, I like that. I think I, think I just broke Josh. <laughs> Merp. So... I'm just keeping myself muted. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't hear your teeth grinding. <laughs> so Joel, what are we doing yeah. next week? He says, <gasps> trying to change the subject. Danger. Danger, Will Robinson. Yeah. Lost yeah, we're getting movie. lost in space. Yeah, so the new show has popped up on Netflix, and we are going to go back and watch the original, and uh, the original uh, Netflix, not Netflix, it's on uh, Hulu. The old one's on what? Hulu, and the uh, the new one is on Netflix, so if you want to watch I'm afraid of next week, guys. I really am. The way you guys interacted with Speed Racer as a child. <laughs> yeah. Lost in Space was mine. Oh. <laughs> Well, as long as Patrick likes it, you'll be fine. And Patrick it doesn't sucks. like anything. <laughs> All right. right. If uh, you want to uh, tell us your thoughts on Speed Racer, I mean, maybe you thought it was a cinematic tour de force. Maybe you don't care about physics. Uh, <laughs> give us a call. Let us know. 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. Yep. And again, our old stuff, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, TalkShoe, Podverse FM, NoonFM.com, and our home on the web, 4014.com. Find and us on in Facebook. Two weeks, in, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about Michael Keaton. Spo- spoiler. For two Why weeks. are you spoiling? Spoilers. Don't That's spoil. Not. Yeah, don't spoil. Especially considering I kind of want to shift that up. But we'll talk about that in a minute. <gasps> we may not be talking about Michael Keaton. <gasps> Edit that out. Fix it in post. <laughs> no, we won't. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> <gasps>
That's the other thing. How how in the original series, people will just wander into your house with a gun and demand your windshield. And no police. You know, yeah, there was no police anywhere. Yeah, just call the cops. Yeah, the guy walks in and goes, hey, give me that windshield. Oh, no, you'll never get that windshield from me. Ever, and he just shows up. Nobody apparently locks their doors, has an issue with the guy with the gun wandering to your house. Uh, it's like the guy is named AC Ducey. He's not going to be that hard to find. Just pick <laughs> him up. He's what, all the names Skull Duggery, AC Ducey. How can you not figure out that Racer X is Rex Racer with this in this world? Like, come on, AC Ducey. Magneto. They had the original Magneto. Because plot. Did you guys they were too busy worrying about how fi- realistic the physics were. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they were too busy cutting the same shot seven times in a row to make it look like there were, you know, more racers than there were. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <gasps> oh! Oh! <gasps> Feels so good. Da, 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 da. Feels so good. How hard is that? Oh boy, oh boy, it feels so good. Good. So it good, so good. good. <laughs> it feels so good. It's, it writes itself. Right? What the fuck is wrong with you, <laughs> Something, something for a word. <laughs>